Stoke Meter, and I am excited to have John Hackleman on the show. How you doing, John? Man, it, it, honestly, if um, if I was any better right now, I, uh, I I don't even know what to say. I would be, I would be. Uh, I'm not gonna make any young Asian boy jokes just for your, <laughs> because you're right here. So I'm just going to say I'm great. That is awesome. Well, and for those of you that might not know, John is one of the premier coaches in MMA today. He has uh, students, probably the most famous that uh, is out there is Chuck Liddell, but also you have Glover Tashara, and I always completely name his last name. And uh, Court McGee, Ramsey Nijem, there's a whole slew of, of, uh, of uh, fighters that he has coached. And Dick it's Kennedy. amazing to see your, actually what you, your impact is on the sport. And so, you know, you, you have that Hawaiian Kempo. And I had always heard of Hawaiian Kempo, but I, before I knew about the MMA, I didn't realize that you had started that. And so... Um, I'm just wondering, what can you tell us about Hawaiian Kempo? Hawaiian Kempo. Hawaiian Kempo is um, more than anything. It's a it's a culture and it's a way of life, right? Because there's no proprietary like katas or 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 uh, like uh, choreographed move movements like taiokas, katas. Yeah. punch tricks, grab arts, uh, sets. They call it sets in, in American Kempo. We don't have anything that's proprietary to our system. Um, it's kind of like Jeet Kwan Go. It would be like Jeet Kwan Do. Um, yep. we, we, I, have, uh, I started with Kaja Kempo, which is from Hawaii, 1947. It was originated. And it's a street fighting art. You know, hardcore art. Uh, it was actually, it was actually created for the locals so they could beat up howlies uh, <laughs> in uh, in Hawaii when all the howlies were there after World War II. There was a lot of military guys there, so these local guys, the five of them, you know, Emperado and and I, you know, I can't remember the rest of them, um, but they came up with a system of street fighting, and it was Kaju Kempo, Karate, Judo, Jiu Jitsu, Kempo, and Boxing. Right. And, they, and they, they would go to like different recreation centers or parks and practice different movements. And then they would go down to Hotel Street, Hotel yeah. Street yep. at night and beat up some howlies to try out their techniques. Oh. And um, it turned into a, you know, full on a martial art. And, and they, they started adding stuff like katas and stuff to it. But it was still a hardcore art. And that's what I started with in 1970. I started with that. Wow. And I did that all the way until 1985, where I started my own system. And I called it Hawaiian Kempo because um, I didn't want to do any more katas. I just didn't see a use for them. <laughs> I love them. I love to watch them. But I just, you know, I just didn't feel a need to have them in my system. And, um, and, um, and I just couldn't, I was thinking of a name and, you know, Kempo, I love the word Kempo with right. an M um, and because um, it means law of the fifth. So it's like, I like that word Kempo. Yeah. And then I'm from Hawaii and my system's from Hawaii. So I was like, I'll call it Hawaiian Kempo. And, and so in 85, 1985, 
I came up with Hawaiian Kempo and I came up with a logo and it was in my backyard. I started training people in Woodland Hills, California, right in my backyard. And uh, Hawaiian Kempo and the logo and the, the culture of Hawaiian Kempo started. And, uh, you know, it, I just wanted it to be a fighting art. And uh, yeah. anything that was just like Jeet Kune Do, one of my heroes, yeah. uh, Bruce Lee, uh, whatever works I used. And when I found out stuff didn't work, I would get rid of it. Right. Uh, I wanted the traditions to be real, not just traditions for tradition's sake. Thank I you. wanted every tradition to be a useful one. And uh, so like when people come in and spar, they say, what are the rules? I say, there's no rules, man. Just, you know, just hit as hard as you want to be hit. And um, <laughs> there's no other rules. And in the beginning, it was super, super striking heavy because that's my forte. Right. But then I realized that some guys would come in from, you know, the street and start training and, you know, they had a wrestling background or football background. And next thing you know, you start punching them. They don't like getting punched. So they're, they're taking you down. So I realized really quick, I mean, really early in my, in my teaching uh, career that I had to address takedowns and, and defending takedowns and then getting off the bottom if you end up on the bottom. So that has become, you know, a big part of our, 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 our system. Yeah. But so that's what Hawaiian Kempo is. It's a family. It's a Ohana. Yep. It's a, it's, you know, we just had a belt ceremony last week. Um, there was <laughs> hundreds of people that show up. Well, did you see that video? I, I did. Well, the, the yeah. one with, with Chuck coming over. <laughs> also, oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that a different one. one. Yeah. That was a well, Chuck got his black belt. You, you know, it's a funny story, and this is this is true. Glover, last month, he brought six of his guys over to get their black belts from me, right? From the pit, right? right. Hawaiian Kempo. So he brought six of and I think four of them were actual high-level fighters, UFC, uh, uh, Bellator, LFA fighters. Oh, no. But they're his students, so he promoted them. So they're his students. So he, they got their black belt here they flew from connecticut to california got their black belt and then one of my students who who runs the pit malibu rick metzler who is my first black belt with chuck he got his black belt the same day as chuck and he realized that when glover them just got their black belt it was uh january 17th right. 2021 right. it was exactly exactly to the day 25 years from the time that Chuck and 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 my I, I promoted my first Hawaiian Kimball black belts. That is so that's how long fantastic, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's amazing to see that that involvement. Um I, I remember watching Chuck in the in the earlier fights when he was fight, fighting Couture and all those those folks like that. And just your your ability to to stay away <laughs> from getting taken taken down, it was pretty neat. It, it was obvious that 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 evolution had happened. And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, well, and he was a huge part of, uh, like you know, like I teach my guys so many things. I try to make them better, right. but at the end of the day, to be honest, a lot of them they're teaching me stuff too. I learn a lot from Glover. Glover, yeah. my curriculum has changed because of Glover. My yep. curriculum has changed because of Chuck. Yep. You know, my, my curriculum has changed because of Tim Kennedy. You know, my, my curriculum has changed because of, 
you know, uh, Laborio, Ricardo Laborio, you know, right. Sammy Henson, silver medalist, freestyle wrestler, Matt Linlin, Greco Roman. I mean, I, I have no problem stealing shit from people. Right. But I have no problem giving shit to people too. So I think it turns out pretty, it's kind of a, it's kind of a give and take. Right, right. That is fantastic. I apologize because the dumb, dumb phone's going in the background. But, you know, it's funny because you, you, you mentioned a lot about the evolution of, of, and learning from all your students. And it's funny because there's yeah. a lot of folks that aren't willing to learn from anybody because they think they, they know it all. And what's interesting, yeah. the first time I ever met you was in uh, Henderson, Nevada, at that CrossFit gym. Now this is this has got to be close to a decade ago, and yeah, I'll never forget it, man. Yeah. You were you were you were um, walking around four hundred and five pounds. You had four plates on on both sides, and you were just where do you want it, <laughs> right? But it was it was you were helping uh, that the CrossFit owner at the time train for MMA. But then I remember yeah. you were also telling how uh, telling us how that training impacted the way that you viewed how to prepare your fighters as well and he uh, can you tell crossfit. us a little bit about that yeah it's called crossfit yeah uh, <laughs> and um like i've had so many people come up and go how can you call it crossfit that's like taking that's like plagiarism you know and that's like copyright i like well first of all greg glassman the owner of crossfit he's the one that named it crossfit right you know <laughs> We were a CrossFit gym, CrossFit gym, right? but I just didn't like a lot of the weight stuff and, and it was taking too much, you know, injuries from my fighters, that, but I loved the, the culture of CrossFit and the way they did their, you know, their, you know, their different, you know, uh, name their workouts, workout of the day. I liked all that stuff. I just didn't like the, the part of it. It was taken away from my fighters, but part of it I loved. So I started putting in fighting stuff. And, and using it for my workout of the day. So Greg was, Greg Glassman just said, just call it cross pit and, and, and you know, just make it, it's like, uh, so we, we teach CrossFit and it's the same, it's the same in a lot of ways. It's just, you know, there's certain things that it's, it's, it's MMA or it's martial arts specific workouts. And I just call it CrossFit. So, you know, we do a lot of, you know, shit like, uh, yeah, we'll do stuff like get off the bottom real quick, then do burpees and get on the bottom again, and then try to escape off the bottom and then do more burpees and get on the bag. And then we mix up getting people really, really tired and then putting in a situation which simulates a fight because oh, you can't do that with a fight. Like you can't just spar really hard right. and then get in shape that way because you're going you're gonna to scramble your brain. You're going to get cut. You oh, can't yeah. spar hard all the time or you'll always be injured. You can't even grapple really that hard all the time right. or you'll have a dislocated shoulder, broken elbow. You're going to, you're going to get injured. So you have to, you have to be able to um, control your sparring, grappling and stuff. But then when you do your, 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 your conditioning in a fight, you can't control it. So right. you have to be able to get your, your, uh, your, your, your cardio or your anaerobic threshold way up here. Yeah. And the only safe way to do that is extreme workouts, which aren't going to get you hurt. So people, some people are like, ah, you just spar your way into shape. No. But then those, those are the guys, those are the guys that are slur, slurring their speech and, yeah. and, and you know, they're always hurt. They're always injured. 
Right. And I just don't, I don't want my fighters to always be injured because number one, that's not fun. No. And number two, they're not going to make any money and win any titles. Yep. 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 That is exactly right. And I loved it. The cross pit, man. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> it really is. We well, actually can use that now legally. We can use that legally too. You can cross pit. Yeah. I love it, man. I love Well, you got to, you definitely, if, Hey man, if Billy Blinks, uh, Banks can make all that, uh, that movement, this is another movement, man, going, <laughs> going forward. Really thanks, yeah. Well, another thing, though, too, I should have started with this, though, too, is, you know, when I first met you, I would never in a million years think that you were someone that would ever have been bullied. And so when, when, uh, when I read more about you uh, after our initial meeting, it's interesting because you, you grew up a Caucasian guy in Hawaii. And oftentimes, I mean, I lived there for a number of years, too. And sometimes it's a hostile environment, but uh, could you take us through that? Uh, I don't want to rehash any old memories and such, but what got you into the martial arts uh, as far as the bullying and how, what was the process of uh, learning that you did from that, for lack of a better word? Uh, well, I went to, a, I went to um, we moved there as, as uh, you know, I think I was four or five. Right. And my dad moved us there. He got a job there. And, um, and then my mom, they got divorced really quick. And um, when I started junior, uh, grade school, second grade, right. um, my mom, I guess she heard from some friends at work that, you know, it's really rough on a long, young white kid. I had long blonde hair and stuff. And uh, uh, it's tough on a white kid to, to, in the schools. So she pulled some strings and got me to a kind of a, a, a nicer school, even though it was um, it was it was real it was really close to where I live, but it was a little nicer. I was like right on the air, right near a nicer area, Kahala, but I yeah. lived in Kamaki, which which yep. isn't really a nice nicer area. Mm -hmm. So I'm I, you know, I'm from Kamaki, but I got to go to Kahala Elementary, yeah. and that was kind of good. It was good, but it was bad. It was good because it was a nicer school. I didn't get beat up there, but I heard story because their element or intermediate school, which is junior, uh, junior high school. Right. Um, it wasn't nice. And there was right. no nice one. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, like, like Obama, he thinks he, he always talks about racism and shit is like, they love black people in Hawaii. There's no racism against black people in Hawaii. Right. None. Yeah. Yeah. So when he talks about racism, grew up in Hawaii, he's like, they love this. There's, there's no racism. They're like, <laughs> that's like being a racist against a white person in the South. It's just, <laughs> there is none. But, and he went to Punahou, which was a very, very, very rich, exclusive school. Yeah. No, but, um, but most of the kids that went to Kahala Elementary went to Punahou, Iolani or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yep. But we couldn't, we couldn't afford that. So I was going to go to Kamiki Intermediate, which was a rough. So I, I would go from, a really soft grade school into throwing me right into the fire where I didn't get toughened up in the, in the grade school. So I was just, you know, I would be a sitting duck at Kamaki and I knew that somehow I knew that. So, you know, and my parents weren't really in tune with that because it wasn't a big of deal for adults there. You know, they didn't, they didn't realize as a kid, you know, you hear that every day, Hey, you fucking Holly, go back to the mainland. Hey, fucking Holly, this fucking Holly, that. And, and every day, every day, you know, so like when even when uh, um, 
I don't want to get political, but anyway, um, so, so, uh, so I knew I was going to be in trouble. People were telling me, if you don't go to Puno, man, or you're going to get your ass whipped at Kamiki, you know? So I was like, fuck, I was paranoid. Kill Howley Day, you know? Yeah, I remember I heard that. about Kill Howley Day. It's like, so right around fifth grade, I knew I had to do something, you know? I knew, I just knew I had to do it. I, I guess it was like, you know, my preservation, you know, my survival. Sure. So I started looking in the yellow pages for a martial arts school because I knew I had to do something. My mm -hmm. parents weren't, you know, they didn't really help me with anything there. Um, so I found a place on my own in the yellow pages and got the address. I caught a bus, I taught two buses. I actually, I actually went, caught the bus to Wailai Avenue in Kamaki. Yep. And I caught, I caught, uh, I caught the, uh, I think it was called the Kapilani bus. And it went down to Kapilani Avenue, right next to Alamana Shopping Center. Yeah. On Pekoi Street, above yep. uh, above uh, Aloha Water, wait, it was Hawaii Waterbeds or something. Right above it, there was like a 500 square foot room with right. a punching bag and a makiwara. Oh, yeah. And that's where it was. And, uh, and that's where it was. And I, I like walked in. There's no kids class. It's like now, you know, everything's, you know, oh, kids and they do games and you oh, let's build confidence today and let's talk about <laughs> politeness. And back then it was just like, you go in a room and it was just, you know, a bunch of guys training. And I was like, I walked in, I swear to God, I walked in. And as soon as I walked in, it was like 500 square foot. It was like, like nothing. There was a, a heavy bag and a makiwara. And I just said, I thought to my head, I just said, this is it, man. I'm never going to leave this place. I don't know why. I just felt like, I just felt like this was my new home. Right. And I walked in there. I met Godin, who's this big Hawaiian guy, all tattooed. Uh, I got pictures of him somewhere. <laughs> um, and um, he, um, he, uh, you know, he just—he was sitting in the in his office, and he had rings, fancy rings, and he had gold, all you know, gold jewelry, a lot of necklaces. Right. And he was a drug dealer. He was a drug <laughs> dealer. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, that that the gym was just something he. So he could have an office and something for fun. Right. He was like, I mean, I mean, let's not forget. He just got out of prison. And right. then a few years later, he went back again. But he was a drug dealer who, who was a Kajikempo guy right. under Emperado. And I went in there. I just said, I want to train. He goes, okay. I didn't know how much it was. So I brought like, my mom gave me like 10 bucks or something. So I gave him 10 bucks. He goes, all right. And then, um, I started training and, and, and I trained with him. He was my mentor from 1970 till he died in 2001. Oh, wow. And, okay. and I took over, I took over his system of, uh, you know, when he died, I was the number one guy. I was the number one, um, you know, his number one student. I, I'm not trying to brag, but yeah. um, so I, uh, I took over his system and he died. So, um, he um he taught me he just he it was just an unbelievable experience without him without him I, I guarantee you if i didn't meet godin and i went to kamiki intermediate i would have been killed or i would i would have been the guy that always looks down and and where i would be wearing a floral dress right now i guarantee <laughs> you that i would be i would be like just a timid little beta male. I would be a beta male if it wasn't for him. You know, he turned it, it, me. He turned me into a tough guy. Yeah. And um, 
that was that was his thing you know that was his uh that was you know that was his biggest thing he gave me between forget the techniques and stuff for Kaji Kempo I got my black belt under him right um but his attitude and the way he taught and the way he made his students um which was a very small group yeah I mean Godin hardly has any black belts right um uh he 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 changed he changed he, he made it so when i got to kamiki intermediate right right um i was able to uh become the guy i, I mean nobody yep. nobody messed with me and coming nobody I mean, right like, right i couldn't figure out why you know i guess <laughs> it's something that he instilled in me right so i could fight and i did have to fight a couple times like one time uh daryl daryl silva said fucking Holly gave me your lunch money once. <laughs> I think, you know, it was in the cafeteria and I ended up kicking him in the, in the, I ended up hitting him with a punch and then kicking him right in the chest with a roundhouse kick and then just, just flurrying him. And uh, I remember that everybody was around and he was like the big bully of school. Right. And I remember everybody just looking like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I remember I, that from that day, from that day forward, um, I could just go wherever, even as a small Holly kid with long blonde hair, yeah. I could just go up to anyway. Hey, what you looking at? You know, I could just, yeah. it changed everything. It changed everything. My, I, for the rest of my life, because of Godine and Daryl Silva, right. right. No, nobody ever picked on me again, except for my wife now. <laughs> hey, that'll always be the case though. That's, a, that's always oh the my case. God. Good thing. Talk about, you know, Cause I can t- I can tell I can I can go I can walk down Vegas and you go, oh can I take a picture hey I can right. see the heavyweight champion of the world hey pitmaster how you doing you know you need some and and then all of a sudden my wife I get home my 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 wife and my kids and my stepkids they're like hey go get me a fucking coffee John you know like oh shit. Yeah, that's true it's not, it's not good it's not good it's not good hey that means you're a good dude man or a sucker. <laughs> You know, it's, it's really cool what you, what you mentioned about Godin because I didn't know that backstory. And if yeah. you think about it, I mean, anyone, if, if you look at today, he's a prisoner, he was a drug dealer and everything like that. I go, my kid, what can Jeez. he learn from someone, someone like that? Oh, and, my mom never knew. My mom never knew until I was an adult. She was, oh my God, I can't, because I used to go over <laughs> and stay at his house. He would take me, <laughs> uh, he would take me out for business stuff. Like, right. Business right. stuff. Yeah, when I was a teenager and stuff, he would, you know, I would go with his collecting. I would do with, you know, his drop-offs. I would do, you know, all kind of crazy shit. Right. And all his black belts who were big local guys. With we all wear black geese, you know. Right. And it was it was a rough situation. You know, all his black belts. You know, he had Sonny Nahino, Biggie, all these nickname guys, yeah. Smiley, all these nickname guys. And I was the Howley guy, but I would go with them, and they would like. They would look at me like I was the toughest guy, and like <laughs> and I was like, I would walk around like, and, and nobody would mess with me. I'd like think if they only knew. I was like, they could just kick my, but they didn't. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah and yeah, it's yeah, because yeah. because of Godin's um, yeah. influence and the way he was, you know, and right that yeah. rubbed off. That is so cool because again, you learned some, not only a martial art but uh, Hawaii the Ohana, right? The family. Yeah. It is a big family. You did it. And it, it was one of that family. It's interesting to see you learn from someone that people probably wouldn't pay attention to and even avoid. And then yeah. 
you then you begin to teach others this art and now you have that global influence i mean when you look yeah. at the humble beginnings of that from being bullied to going to godine and then learning all that stuff it's amazing the journey you've been on man it really yeah. is <laughs> yeah it is it is and 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 it's like this is what happened this weekend like, can you see that am i am i there oh what is it it's oh it? who is that it's just a bunch of my, well, you know what, let me take all this off. Uh, this is, um, oh, can you do, uh, no, nah, I won't do that. Um, this is our students. Can you, oh, you can't see it, huh? Yeah, it's, it's Wait, blending in it? with your background is what it is. Let me do, let me do this real quick and then I'll yeah. put it back on. Uh, oh, yeah, I took it off. And I'll take <laughs> off this. Okay, background. Because this, this is, uh, there you go. So this is this weekend. So like, um, um, like uh, this is this is if you if you just kind of look at it, this is this weekend, right? This is, you see it? This oh yeah! Oh, look at all those little cakeies. No that's way! A, that's the belt ceremony. And we no, got, we got way. adults. We got we got guys going. Yeah, so watch. We oh. get kind of a. And a lot of people are outside because they're, you know, a lot of people are still having the, the fear COVID of thing. the whole, yeah. yeah. But, and I told people, you can go outside or inside, it's up to you. And I mean, you see all the parents and they're all lined up by the, uh, and then all the kids and even adults are getting their belts. Nice. And um, so that's, uh, so that was this weekend, you know, that was, uh, that's what that, that's what Godin, even with Godin's, uh, um, even with Godin's, you know, history. I mean, he was in jail for manslaughter. I mean, he was a strong armor. Right. I mean, I've seen, I've seen him do terrible things to people. I mean, right. Right. but, but he also, he was also big and I, you know, luck, luckily I have a good moral compass for the most part. Right. My dad was a, you know, a really straightforward, you know, just no nonsense guy who was just a, uh, no, you know, he was the moral compass. Godin was my toughness. God. So I'm glad that it wasn't, if I didn't have a dad or I had a dad that was not as strong as my dad, World right. War II vet, he went to West Point, you know, right. he was an infantry guy. Um, and Godin was my power. He was the guy that was like, nobody's going to ever fuck with me again. And yeah. he, 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 he instilled that in me. But then he was also a drug dealer, he killed people, he did terrible things to people. Right. But then I had my dad who had this strict moral compass. So I got to combine the two um, and then I had, then I had this great guy at school cause I had a hard time senior and stuff. I was already on my own. Um, mm -hmm. and he helped me a lot. Mr. Karikaru, who was my high school special motivation counselor for all the bad kids, you know, <laughs> and he, he helped me so much. In fact, I just talked to him last night. Uh, I still stay in touch with him. So he was to me, he was my kindness. He was where I learned like how to be kind to people. Cause my dad wasn't really that kind. He was just like a straightforward guy, sure. yeah. but he was a moral, very never do any crime or anything. Yeah. So I had Godin, then I have my dad and then I have Mr. Karikaru. You know, what's amazing about that whole thing is when you take a look at the way that you've looked at martial arts too, it's taking the stuff that works and, and doesn't. It's it's kind of an accumulation of all the people that you've been around too. I'm I'm sure yeah. you have the soft side, the logical side, the tough side, all of that. And it, it, understanding this about you even more is something that is very 
uh, enlightening. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's great stuff. And I'm just, so having, knowing this now, I'm just wondering how is it that you influence those that are, I mean, they're world famous now, but before they were world famous, how did you utilize the lessons learned from all these unbelievable mentors uh, and then instill in them uh, the, their method of fighting, their method of viewing the world? Uh, well, one thing is um, because I came up the way I came up um, and a lot of the stuff was bad. Um, mm -hmm. I admit that. And I, I did some really bad things. Um, but the worst thing I did even because the people that maybe I heard in, in the old days, they yeah. deserved it to, in my yeah. eyes. I can, sure. I can rationalize that. Sure. But I was also, I, I was also, I wasn't really nice to women. You know, I didn't hit women, but mm -hmm. I was, I was a cheater, you know, and, and uh, I wasn't a good boyfriend. I wasn't a good husband in the beginning. And, and that's something I regret. Like, and that's the way Godin was. And he was right. like that, you know, and right. I looked up to that and that's the way you get man, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And I realized, I realized really, you know, I always had a thing at the pit. If you if you get in a fight outside the gym, that's not self defense. I always said you're out. Whether you're one of my fighters or right. one of my students, you're out. You're out. Um, right. And I, you know, and if you cheat on your wife or your girlfriend, you're out. So I try to I try to bring in certain hardline rules from like my kids when they get. You saw how many kids we had. We have oh yeah, of tons of them, tons of them. But when one thing they have to do before they get their belt is. Uh, we give them a um, we give them a form for right. their parents and their teacher to fill out. And I don't really care about grades because I'm not I'm a martial arts school. I'm you know some people it might just be not that smart. I'm not going to not promote them if they're not that smart. But it also says on that sheet, have you ever seen you know this student abuse his martial arts? Has, has this student been disrespectful to you or his peers? And, and you know, and it has oh, those, nice. those questions. So if yeah. they check that the kid's disrespectful, they don't get their belt. Wow. So, so, wow. We have to, so you know, I want to be a tough school. I want to be rough. I want nobody to take my guy's lunch money. And I want them to hit first, definitely, if they're being a, bullied. But they also have to teach their, treat their student, their peers, and their parents and their teachers with respect or they're going to get a talking to by me or they're not going to, or they just won't promote. Wow. Wow. So you're instilling some really strong character in these kids, man. I love it. Well, even your, your elite fighters, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's obvious you have a fantastic relationship with them. You're not going to, you're not going to see them. I'm not going to name the guys, but you yeah. see some of the way people act now in, yeah. in the UFC even. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If, if I had a guy acting like some of those guys, they'd be, they would have been gone, gone yeah. a long time ago. I don't care how much money they're making or might making me. Yeah. They, they would never be in the gym. They would be out. So you'll never see, Ch you never saw Chuck act like that or no. <laughs> Glover or any of those guys. They'll never act like that. Just no. they would never do that. No. And you know, you bring up an interesting point. I don't think I ever saw Chuck really talk smack <laughs> ever, ever. Oh, he never did. Yeah. The only one, yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> him and him and Tito had a thing for a while. Sure. Sure. Which, which is over now. And I, yeah. you know, I'm glad that's laid to rest, but um, right. 
But it wasn't, you never saw bad smack talking. They just didn't like each other. Yeah. Now they do, I think. Yeah. You know, they do now, but they didn't. And right. and then he didn't like Vernon White for some reason. I never could figure out why. But that's, <laughs> other than that, he he had, he he liked his opponents. He's just, to me, it was, to him, it was just a fight. And yeah. that's the way Glover is. Look at Glover. Glover. Glover's so respectful and nice. Court McGee's like, he's best friends with his opponents, all of them. He's like, he like goes to dinner with them and shit. And he fucking writes them Christmas cards and shit. Oh, he's no. like, he's fucking, he, I might be exaggerating a little, but I mean, he's like, he, I mean, he's, they're all like that. They're just, they're respectful. Yeah. Uh, Bushido, you know, they're just, they're just that live that way. They're not fucking assholes. They're not yeah. assholes. None of none of you'll never see a pit guy being an asshole more that than is, once. You know what? That's true. That's true. I don't. When I met you over, when I met up with you over at the pit uh, elevated down there in Utah back in the day, you your the fighters were pretty respectful. Uh, there wasn't not. Oh, look at that. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, Ramsey and, and Cord and, and Steve Seiler and Seiler. Oh yeah. my God, Seilers, Seiler and Chuck. Well, Glover now. Glover, Glover's grown to this sport. He's like, he just loves what he's doing, and you can tell when he's at the gym, you know, training. You just tell how much he loves. He's having so much fun. Yeah. And then when he's in the dressing room, most guys in the dressing room they start like getting a little nervous, getting edgy in the dressing room. It's like a party. It's like cooking <laughs> around and hanging out and we do prayer and we do hang out. Then going, walking out to the cage. He's so happy after the fight, win or lose. He's like, he's just like, ah, ah, yeah, he's just, he's, he's like that. Siler's like that. Yeah. Chuck was like that, you know? Yeah. Court yeah. McGee, not so much. Court, Court McGee gets a little, uh, Court gets wound up before a fight. He gets somewhere focused and shit but like Siler he's like playing game he was playing games with his opponent video game I like a like a <laughs> cell phone like they're like they're like this close to each other playing a video game and they're fighting in a, in a little while I was like bro you guys are fighting what are you doing was, I know coach we just gotta finish this game it was like Siler's Siler's crazy he's, he's so calm it's he just is. nuts He's he really such is. a good kid, too, man. He really such is. A good kid. He really is. <laughs> you know, it's awesome because I'm looking at this, and there's a side that I, I didn't re even realize. I mean, the camaraderie I've already seen in in the martial arts and what you convey, but just seeing the what's really important and seeing how teaching the, these fighters perspective and and enhancing that through that Ohana spirit, that family spirit, yeah. it, it's, it's pretty crazy. revealing to me. I mean, John, it, this it's, is <laughs> it's, it's so important. It's so important. And, and guys, they all have, you know, almost all of them have it. Right. Like a guy like Stipe, a guy like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of other, okay, Thiago, Thiago Santos, who, who Glover just beat, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, Carlos Condit, who, 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 who uh, Court just fought. I mean, right. they're just great people, you know, and they're yeah. just coming together and they fight and, they love each other and they love the sport and they love what they're doing. They love the, they're Ohana's all the way. They're, they're true, you know, martial arts. They're not just fighters. Some of them, some of them come off like that. Uh, yeah. And a lot, a lot of them, there's probably, 
I don't even know what the percentage is, but there's a very small percentage that are just assholes. I mean, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. A couple of them get pretty high up there in the sport too. Yeah. I wish they didn't, but yeah. they are, you know, but the majority of them, a huge percentage of them, right. they're great guys. They just, they really are great guys. Yeah. When I go to a UFC, one of my guys fighting or whatever, and they're, I'm, I'm with the UFC guys, the fighters, the coaches, and I just can just relax. And yeah, I know. Because when I'm out, usually I'm like, I'm usually like nervous and just, I'm just a nervous guy always looking around and, you know, especially nowadays. Oh, yeah. Um, but I've always been like that, you know, just always looking at the door when I'm at a restaurant. And sure. Uh, but when I'm with a bunch of UFC guys, man, I can just relax because these are fucking, <laughs> these are the guys, you know. And yeah. Yeah. Martial artists, I, martial alpha males. Yeah. Being around alpha males, I feel so comfortable. Being around beta males, not yeah. so much. Well, and it's interesting, though, too, because if you look at some of the things that we were talking about with those alpha males, they really have that soft spot. I mean, a lot of oh, them. God. Good yeah. It's amazing how genuine and, lack of a better word, gentle they are. Uh, oh, you see, just I can think of this just uh, last week, just this last weekend when when Overeem got beat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. his opponent, they're hugging after the fight. It makes me want to cry because it's yeah. it makes me feel so proud to be a part of this. And like they they love they 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 have caring. They're they're so nice. Yes. It, yes. They're hugging a guy that he was just trying to fucking knock out. Yes, yes. The guy's hugging him. Yeah. The guy's hugging him after getting knocked out by him. Right. I mean, right. the, the it, it, that kind of stuff means probably more to me than any other part of the sport when when i see that that's why like on my instagram i'm always putting that stuff up right because right. It, it, it to me that makes you feel good you know oh and it's it's real and that's the way martial arts are like even the guys that uh i came up with um they're not nice guys they're in sure. jail you know sure. godin spent you know i don't know a good majority of his life in jail you know right but they had that whole Hana, you know, yeah. and I try to take that part, you know, and then this, this, forget the rest of it, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then try to kind of like, kind of like Bruce Lee or, or, you know, take what works and, and discard what doesn't. Yeah. So I take that with the techniques. Like I'm never going to teach a kata yep. and I'm not going to, and I'm not going to go fucking do drugs and, and be an asshole to people. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm, I'm an asshole to people. I mean, <laughs> Certain things. I don't know. Sure. Forget sure. it. Scratch that. <laughs> well, that, John, that's what I love about you, though. You're real. What you see is what you get. And yeah. every time I, I talk sometimes. with you, it's just you're 100% there. And that's what I appreciate. Uh, it, it's something that, I mean, you look at, I, I talk to some people, I go, hey, I want to talk to John Hackleman. And they go, wait, no, wait, what? Uh, we, we just had uh, some folks put in a dryer. I go, hey, I, I got to get, I have an interview with John Hackleman. He about fell off the truck, man. <laughs> but they don't, they don't have the, the visibility that I've had today. And that is that completely approachable, completely, uh, it's like a brotherhood. And it's, it's really, yeah. It's really something but that who I, isn't? Yeah, who isn't? Yeah, martial arts. I mean, yeah, there you maybe on one hand I can count the people that aren't, and I mean yeah. I'm not going to name them, but yeah, I can maybe think of five people in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's more. There's more because I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. 
Yeah. I forget his name. The guy from like Mississippi, the like the twister guy that does all the submissions and he mm. wanted the he wanted the camel shorts, remember? Oh yeah, who is that? I forget, uh, but he was yeah, what, what was it? Yeah, I forget I, his name. Yeah, he had a he, mullet and shit. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know he wouldn't, he wouldn't take. Yeah, he wouldn't respond. He wouldn't respond to my message. So like, <laughs> he he's a fucking big leaguer now. Some some guys turn into big leaguers when when they get tired. Like you know what? This is why this is what drives me fucking nuts. Yeah, like some guys won't even respond. Like a, you know, I, I text them or I I do a Facebook message or an Instagram message. They don't respond. And I'm right. thinking, oh. They must have too many followers. Maybe that's why. And then I'll text like Tony Robbins, right? Yeah. He probably has a few million, right? Oh, uh, I get yeah, a response a in like, I get a response in like three minutes. Oh my. So I'm God. like, oh, so, yeah. so it's like, one of the fuck most. It then. If somebody just... big leagues me, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You get big league. Well, that's, that's an interesting thing though, too, because, and Tony Robbins, when you look at it in the space of motivational, he is, he is the alpha. I mean, he's way up there, right? And he's hey. returning, returning to your text in three. He was on my, he was on my podcast. Oh my goodness, that's awesome! <laughs> he did a testimonial. I asked him to do a testimonial video about me because he knows me. He knows, yeah, he knows maybe about me and my training and stuff. So yeah. a little testimonial for my my school, uh, just like a thirty second testimonial about me as an instructor. Yeah. I got it. I got it in like ten minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes later, I got a fucking video from him. <laughs> what, you're busier than Tony Robbins? Yeah. No, fuck no. Guys. No, these guys are not busier than Tony Robbins, and they're <laughs> fucking big-legging me. Oh. You know, I got, you know, these guys are too busy to train. I got my, my top, one of my top students, he's an orthopedic surgeon with four kids that, that he's, he goes to their, two of them are in college. He goes to their water polo matches. He goes to there, goes to there. He makes training twice a week, no matter what. But Dang. other people are too busy. I go, what do you? What? How are you that busy? You're yeah. not that busy. Yeah. So you bring. I up hate the, being big league. I hate being yeah. big league. Well, you do bring up an, an important thing though too. You. It goes back to what we were saying. You were talking to me earlier. Is you. You take what works, and then you throw away what doesn't, and uh, you look at time, and that's exactly uh, what you're talking about. So when you get big league, what are you getting big league for? To impress someone else bigger, or is I, it? I, I can't figure. I don't know. Chuck's never big league people, but yeah. like, like it's it's like um, you you look at um, these people, right? And you're like, the, okay, Tony Robbins is so fucking busy. I mean, because I've been to his house, I've been, right. I've hung out with him. We right. we 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 hung out. He came to my gym once, you know, right? Um, and I, you just see how busy he is now. Look at someone like Glover Teixeira. Yeah, yeah Glover Teixeira, he's the number one light heavyweight in the UFC in the oh, whole okay. world. In the whole okay. world, okay. right? How many people do you think can say that on this planet? You know that they made it. Not that a whole high. lot. Yeah. Now, but then you don't stop there. Right. He also runs a successful business. He's an entrepreneur. He Not runs his own gym. He owns his own gym in 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 in, in Connecticut. Right. He runs his own right, so he owns his own gym. How many guys do those? Okay, what you don't even stop there because most people can never get to the top. A lot of people can't ever run their own gym, do right. that, right? He does both of those things. Then you go, wow, that's a lot. Wait, he also he's the head coach 
of a really successful fight team. Right. Yeah. Right? And he has top fighters. There's okay. So how busy? I mean, okay. Now he's also a landlord. He he owns rental <laughs> property. He owns rental <laughs> property. So those are four things right there. How does he juggle that? That's like Stephen Covey's nightmare, right? I mean, how the fuck you gotta get a? How do you? What kind of planner do you think he has? Right. And now he's also a family man, right? Who spends a lot of time with his wife and and his his friends, right? right. And he has a very well, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, it's well rounded life that he has, right? But those four things that he juggles. Each one of them in and of itself is is as much or more than most people could do at all. So, you know, just you look at these people as like, you're big leaguing me and I got Glover calling me right back. Shut the fuck up. If someone big leagues me, I I just drop them. They're like, I will not call them. Even if I want them on my podcast, I don't want them anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, fine. It's Glover and Tony Robbins and... I mean, yeah. Liddell, you, you, the list goes on and on and on. That uh, the Yeah, Tim Kennedy's pretty busy, too. I get called, you know, I mean, right. he's not a big ligger. He's a fucking down-to-earth guy. Right. He's one of my first – he started the pit, you know. I love um, it, man. And he's – I mean, he's talking about – he's still he's still active duty in the military – in the Army. What? He's still active I didn't duty. Know that. And a, a top UFC fighter he was. And mm-hmm. he runs uh, this great program – you know, called sheep sheepdog response, where right. he's teaching people how to defend themselves if somebody breaks into their house and shit. I mean, no way. Yeah. So he's like, he's a, and I, I get calls from him. You're not busier than Tony Robbins, Chuck Liddell, Glover Teixeira. You know, these guys who who actually text me back. So yeah. if someone if someone big leagues me, that kind of, kind of guy is the kind of person I just like. Whatever. Fuck yeah. That. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, you know what, what I love, heck, we only met a couple of times. You totally didn't big league me, man. So I appreciate it. <laughs> well, man, I, I sure appreciate the time, John. This is, this is magic. And I hope, I hope we could do something like this again, because I have a feeling that a lot of people will resonate with this. Yeah. And yeah. Just, uh, I would love to go down to one of one of your gyms over here. I know there's one over here in Boise, but just to see all those the, all those family members and understand, cruise, cruise is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, uh, you know, um, Chris Gomez uh, is a top level fighter. He had like he had over thirty pro fights. You oh know, he's got, yeah, he's beat some good guys, UFC guys. Wow. And then now he's he has such a family feel in his gym. Go to his go to his Instagram. I, I you know, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's Idaho Pit or the Pit Idaho. Yep. Yep. It's the pit Idaho. And you just see that just like our gym. Right. And, and you look at Ramsey Nisham. He has the pits Salt Lake City. Yep. Glover has Texera MMA. Right. You know, we have the pit Malibu. It's all, all these gyms are family. We have pit, pit Arizona. Yeah. Family first for all our gyms. I mean, it's like, you know, no matter how good the fighters or how many, like Glover, you know, fucking world. Glover has the, the best striker in the world right now training with alex Pereira. yeah you were saying that he hits hard man like one of the he's hardest like fight, yeah. ever. <laughs> he's training these guys but uh he treats his gym like a family it's like a family they're like he's like the big brother that's so fantastic yeah. man fantastic and there's 
if there's any takeaways, well, actually the major takeaways I have from this conversation, again, it goes back down to family or Ohana, uh, Hawaiian style. Yeah. It goes back to yeah. really sticking with what works and getting away with what doesn't and essentially learning balance. I, uh, I look at your yeah. three mentors, you have logic, you yeah. have toughness, you have gentleness. It's amazing. So I, I have a yeah. feeling. We, look at, look at, I mean, without, look at, look at the Gracies. I mean, look, oh, I mean, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. just the way that they came in. Um, you know, I'm not the big grappling fan, but I mean, they came in and just said, fuck it, let's go. Yep. No rules. I'll, no I'll beat you on any rules you want. And that's, <laughs> I love, I appreciate the hell out of it. I think, you know, I mean, that's the way Bruce Lee meant. Yes. Bruce Lee's mentality. That was yep. Benny the J. Your kitty's mentality, you know. Yeah, but I love oh, that. I, I, love I that. forgot about Benny. That that guy could move back in the day, man. <laughs> my, yeah, that's where I got probably probably eighty percent of my fights were out of his gym. Oh, I didn't know. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I fought for the Jet Center. Wow. Me and yeah, me and I was roommates with Sugarfoot, Pete Cunningham. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah. That dude was fast, man. Oh Holy God. moly, that guy was fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. He's, had, he's not as fast anymore. I think he's had, I know he's had one. I think he's had double hip replacements now. Oh, that man. That's the only bummer about getting old, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Johnny, is it all right if we do another show down the road? Anytime, brother. Just, just give me a shout. Let's do oh. it. Okay. Well, thanks a ton for everything. Thanks, and we'll thanks, catch brother. up soon, all right? Yeah, let me know who this is so I can put it out. You know I will, man. Thanks a ton, dude. All right, brother. Thanks.